This episode is brought to you by Awesome episode of the Lasting Podcast. I'm Mr. Tuffy, and I'm your other co-host. I think I'm just gonna be back to Shafiq now. I'm dropping the Doctor moniker. Why? Why not? Why? Why Doctor? Such a cool nickname, man. What happened? Because I'm leaving the field of magic. I'm going on to something even more important. Something Sergeant a little bit work? more. <laughs> Sergeant <know>. Shafiq, SS. <laughs> Probably yeah. Maybe super staff sergeant, major, major Shafiq. Nah, doesn't have a nice ring like Major Tom or Major Nelson though. Major, corporate, lieutenant, lieutenant, <laughs> um, Duke, Duke Shafiq, Lord, Lord Shafiq. I think maybe that might be it for from now on. I don't know. It's two thousand seventeen. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Last King Podcast. And remember, don't forget to check us out on the socials. We got our Facebooks, we got our Instagrams, and we also definitely got our SoundClouds and our iTunes. And uh, well, as of I don't know, probably a couple of weeks ago, but since we're recording this in the future. This will come out about. in the future. We're actually gonna talk about something really that came out to our hearts. pretty much, pretty past, much in the past. I think we need to profess this, right? Okay. Yeah. The purpose for this episode was basically as a reaction to the fact that the first casualty of two thousand seventeen was recently uh, announced. Uh, not even announced. It was just kind of like sputtered out. Like Scalebound was going to yeah. be cancelled. A games casualty, yes. According mm-hmm. to a long, a bunch of reports started by Kotaku, hearing a, re- a rumor from back in January, Xbox announced that they're cancelling Scalebound. Hideki Kimiya then followed up with a bunch of Twitter saying, "I'm sorry, we're gonna do better. Look forward to our new games." The ju- the usual spiel from the company, as someone who's a producer, a director of the game, as well as Xbox, saying, "Oh, look forward to our titles coming out." Now, of course, everyone has done their piece. And whatnot. Even I did one on Soundscape on like, what the fuck Microsoft or what what the fuck Scalebound? What the hell happened? You know all these other there are other factors coming in, but we won't know until someone opens up their mouth, which is you know like a big no no in this kind of industry because yeah, it's super I small, right? It's not very easy for us to even like enter a discussion about this because like there's not enough information out there for us to even like you know, kind of like uh. How you say collate our thoughts or even like you know make any assumptions, exactly. but then again I'm a little bit worried. I mean one thing that kind of comes close to I mean one thing that I'm thinking of right now is like is Xbox One in trouble because not the way it really, looks well for me not really but okay you got your thoughts on this. I mean like basically what I think is this right like this was supposed to be like you know one of those um, 
It wasn't exclusive, right? It was promised to be it only for the exclusive. Xbox One. And then the thing is, you managed to nail down one of the most uh, beloved Japanese developers, Platinum Games, which we will go into full detail much later. Yep. And at the same time, you know, I mean, like Hideki Kamiya himself was part of the development team. And I saw the trailer. It looked kind of interesting. Like, basically, DMC with dragons. Uh, I was a little bit kind of skeptical, maybe hesitant that, oh, it's going to be only on Xbox One. And then the thing is, they had to cancel this. And yeah, that really sucks. I mean, I was actually hoping to see what would Hideka Kimiya do with a concept like Pete's Dragon. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome, dude. But, or maybe, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I had... Is done, it sucks. It I really got hurts. more shades of Panzer, Dragon, Orta, or, you know, like... Oh, yeah, man, yeah, exactly, those... exactly. But from a more action, grounded standpoint, you know, like, what would happen if Monster Hunter was in the hands of Platinum Games? Oh, that man. That would be pretty cool. Dude, <laughs> that just gave me ideas, you know, but... Yeah. Especially with, like, the Metal Gear Revengeance kind of slash and physics, right? You know, <laughs> you slice up big monsters... And then, yeah, you know how, like, cool. usually in Monster Hunter, when something drops, like, okay, I'll take this, you take that. Now, like, oh, we just split it in half. You have one piece, I have one piece. I don't know. Yeah. But, as like, long the, as you participated, yeah, you're gonna get a piece, you know. No, but, okay, maybe very briefly, we just want to kind of talk about, like, the state of Xbox One right now. Because I think since Scalebound has been cancelled, right, we are down to just basically Halo Wars 2 and, what was it again? Crackdown, Crackdown 3, 3 that's gonna come out this year. Crackdown 3, there's Sea of Thieves, there's um, obviously another Forza coming soon. And then yeah. stuff that they'll probably announce at E3. I don't is... think they're in huge trouble, but it is actually quite a blow, considering that, yeah, Scalebound is actually an anticipated game from hardcore fans like us, people who actually play games, and people who actually have kept in kept in the history of Platinum Games. And back then when uh, Hideki Kamiya was working on Capcom, you know, those action junkies back in the day. I would so also say this, right? Uh, like, the fact that Scalebound is cancelled, do you think that will also affect the market share of Xbox One sales for this year? Because basically, they are the only... Not really. I mean, I like, mean there's, I mean, there's despite, a Halo game coming out. If, I mean, the Halo, okay, if the Halo Wars game... If the Halo Wars 2 game did not do well, or it's, it's, it's crap, which is pretty hard, considering that Creative Assembly has done top-notch strategy games, then yeah, then, then yeah the stock will go down. Because remember, Platinum Games, for all the good they've done... They're not up to levels of Call of Duty, or or of or or, or of a Halo, I in guess terms of so. like marketing share and all that. Just remember, Platinum Games they have traction in the West, but they're not super 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 big. You know, I, mean, I would say at least for like I w- I would even call them indie developers. I would call them like probably the like underdogs. I think underdogs would be great. Maybe like, like I would say like a smaller but very renowned studio. You know what I mean? I mean they're not like twentieth century Fox. They're probably like maybe Tarantino's like film company. You know, like every Thank film you. is good. That's a better comparison. You know Tarantino what I mean? We, we don't churn level. out like triple A stuff all the time. But whenever we do something, we do we just concentrate on this one project and we make sure it's to the best of our abilities. But then again, I might have to kind of retract myself a little bit because they're known to do third party license games, which very often lately, never lately. Um, I think it's to pay for the bills. Platinum games at this point of time. I mean, I don't think they're going to suffer too much from Scalebound being cancelled. I'm pretty sure they have, like, other projects in development right now. Or, like, like they can even use whatever technology they have amassed to, like, you know, kind of concentrate on doing their own thing. Yep, for example, they are working on Nier Automata, which I hope it actually (laughs) does well. Because I played the demo. Did you play the demo on the PS4, dude? It's fucking awesome, dude. It looks like something I would definitely spend a lot of time in. I will tell you that if it's anything like Nier, like the first game, it's going to be a mindfuck. That's for sure. Because the the guys who developed the story, Kavya, 
they are known for having like really weird stories. If you played Dragon Guard back in the day, if you played Nier, if you played Dragon Guard three, oh my god, it's insane. But yeah, um, Platinum doing the action for that, I'm okay with that. I support this hundred percent all the way. I mean, I'm really, I like it whenever. I like the thing about Platinum is right, they have a fifty-fifty go rate in the sense that if they really care, they actually put out awesome product but then there's sometimes you can tell that yeah they just need to churn something out or uh, I mean I'll, I'm just saying like like you know what yeah, let's just save this for what we really intend to do for this episode because yep, this is yep. gonna be the going platinum episode where we gush over the history of the, the one of the better game companies ever one of the better there. Japanese game companies you know, one of the one of the few Japanese games companies that actually seem like they don't give a fuck <laughs> and they're just gonna have fun making yeah. games that you know and, and I love that I love the fact that the personality of the company shines right through through the product and yep, at the same yep. time it's like you know it's one of those few Japanese companies you know <coughs> Konami where you know like where you see like when you see the platinum name you know it it, it really kind of like um promotes quality it's like you look at it like, yeah this is gonna be this is possibly gonna be a great game yeah. and for that we gotta start way at the beginning back, yeah. back in the day when guys the founders Atsushi Inaba Shinji Mikami and Hideki Kamiya were doing were paying the dues at a little known company called Capcom So, we gotta start. Shinji Mikami. We know him as a Resident Evil guy, right? Mm-hmm. But before but that, he was actually working in the 90s as a... 16-bit programmer guy. Yeah. Uh, back in... He was... Okay, I know the games he was doing at the time. He was doing Goof Troop and Aladdin. Like, yeah, remember back in the day when Capcom had the Disney license and they were just churning out amazing platform games? Yes. And this um, was... <laughs> Goof time, Troop, maybe it was alright for some. I no, mean, I had Aladdin, fun. Yo, Aladdin... Like, no, 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 no. Aladdin Mega Drive was great. Aladdin yeah. for the Super Nintendo was okay compared, but compared to like Mickey's uh, Mickey Mania. No, sorry, not Mickey Mania. Castle Illusion. Uh, Mickey's Mousecapade and Mag. No, no, sorry. Mickey's Magical Quest. My God, I got my my <laughs> tongue in a fumble. Mickey's Magical Quest One and Two. Aladdin was kind of okay. It was a good platformer, but compared to Capcom's other platformers. Aladdin was okay. No, but I would say this, right? The animation, the quality in the difference... Like, this was the 90s. This was like a time where... I mean, we did an entire episode about f- fuzzy, furball, le- side-scroller guys. Yep. And it's like... I mean, like... Let's just say... We want to compare the animation in Aladdin to something like even Rocket Knight Adventure. Yo, Aladdin leaps and bounds. Okay? Oh, I mean, yeah. They, if we're talking about the Virgin version, uh, the, the, yeah. the Mega Drive one. Aladdin oh, talking about the version. Capcom one, it's actually okay. It's alright. I'm, I'm not saying it's the best, but... I prefer good, the good, Genesis you know, good one. Starts. It just seems to be more put together. The yeah, one on the SNES is. kind of felt... Uh, it had moments where it was obviously, like, you know, 
uh, we, we we gotta shit this out very quickly. Yeah. But then again, I mean, the, oh, like, do you know do you know what else uh, Mikami did besides that? Who framed Who framed Roger Rabbit for the NES? If I recall, really? Yes, yes. Wow, I remember playing that game. No, no, I'm sorry. Capcom, the Game Boy Advance. My bad, my bad. Oh, not not the LGN version. one. My ah, God. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, like, it's the Game Boy one. How did jump from one company to another? But, no, 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 no. But, but yeah, he did. He did. He did a Robert. He did a Roger Rabbit game, but uh, that was for the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> sorry, Game Boy, Game Boy, the original LCD Game Boy. I mean, like Shinji Mikami is like we can just safely say he's one of the few guys we know that paid his dues. I mean, he started out humble <laughs> beginnings. But then, like, you know, I mean, yeah, everybody had to start somewhere. I mean, even Iwata-san was, like, you know, he's the guy who programmed Balloon Fight. Like, wow. Yep. <laughs> you know, and he yeah, became yeah. president of Nintendo. Yeah. So, it's like, to me, like, when I, like, Wikipedia Shinji Mikami and just see where, how far he goes back, it's like, wow. He, he's been pretty much there for most of my gaming journey. Exactly. But yeah, I think yeah. we also need to kind of, I think what we need to do is straight away go into... Resident what, Evil. <laughs> yeah, like what what made him what made Shinji Mikami literally more of a household name? Yeah, he I only got he only got his name known because of all the interviews and all the all the pop and all the cheers he did. He got from Resident Evil One, one. which we've actually talked a lot in our old episode Halloween episode. Halloween, uh, hangover, check it out if you can. Part yep. two, yes, please. Yep, yep. Uh, but uh, then again, I mean, this is when he. This is is this when he kind of met Hideki Hideki Kamiya because they yep, both Hideki Kamiya joined Capcom around that period in the nineties <laughs> to help out with RE one, RE two, and most likely RE three. Now Hideki Kamiya wanted Part two to go in one direction, but Shinji Mikami wanted it to go in a different direction. Now we've known the story about Resident Evil two where mm-hmm. it went on one one way. It got all these characters. Um, I remember there was a biker chick who was supposed to be in Resident Evil 2 with all the pictures showing up at EGM. Mm-hmm. But that got scrapped. Hideki Kamiya had less than, a, less than a year to work on a new concept for RE2. And then we got the game we got, Resident Evil 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember, is... Hideki Kamiya wanted it to be sort of action-y. But yeah, that got shelved onto another thing which we'll talk about later on. So RE2, we got what we got. We got uh, Leon and Claire as main characters. Shinji Mikami's vision was there in a sense. And then that's it. <laughs> we talked about that in full detail in the old episode. But very much like another Capcom spin-off. I mean like how Street Fighter also kind of spun off into Final Fight and vice versa. And how they yeah, just... Yep. I think we also need to mention that Hideki Kamiya was very responsible for one of the most... Influential action games. Influential. Block off, Featherface. Or you can stick around and find out the hard way. I mean, it's it def- it created its own genre, the stylish action genre. Yeah, it was around the 2002 plus period when the PS2 just came out. Well, that was the go-to game that people wanted to see. People thought it was going to be a slow-paced game like Resident Evil. So, oh, man, oh no, my god, they were wrong. Dude, this game blew me away the first time I saw it. Like the first time, like as a character, you could do aerial raves and juggle combos, and then, yeah. like you know, literally balance people on the tips of your. Bullets. Oh my god! I don't have to save bullets. I can just shoot anyone I want. Holy <laughs> shit! You just went on and went on and just kicked ass. And you we were killing marionettes, and you were killing. Fire spiders, sorry, magma or fire, magma spiders, magma spiders. birds flying around. If you fail at certain areas, you have to go down to the basement somehow, right? And you have to fight a giant bird or a giant spider. I forgot. <laughs> oh, but man. it was like one Wonderful way to punish memories. players. If you suck really bad, oh, you just go fight this guy again and, and again and again. 
Okay. But it was really kick-ass, dude. It was so good. So yeah, I mean, of course, we're talking about the very legendary, the very first Devil May Cry game. Yeah, which... Devil May Cry. That was very influential. Hideki Kamiya actually got his views from there because he was a guy that everyone wanted to look up to in a sense because this was a game that it was kind of unheard of like to have a rockstar developer do stuff like this in Capcom to boot a company that sort of played it safe with a lot of its games yeah, I mean these are, these are the sequel makers who are kind of allowed oh, man. you gotta remember that not only the sequel makers but they will sequelize their own sequels god yes. damn it <laughs> yeah and then Devil May Cry 1 actually was like oh we're gonna take a chance with a new IP with something that was kind of like what Capcom was or, or still is in a sense they're more on the action games and whatnot i mean you've seen the capcom arcade games you know they're very twitch based so this was like a back to form thing while also combining it with something that's familiar i.e the survival horror kind of viewpoint and Wait, devil may item management system well, not really i didn't find devil may cry to be survival horror no 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 no, no. i mean the, the mechanics of it like in terms of like the camera angles and yeah your I mean, that's item one... thing but that's where the similarity ends I mean, like you were just kicking ass all the way through. My only major gripe with the first three Devil May Cry games was the fact that you had that weird fixed camera angle, which really took a lot of getting used to. And I think like I mean the formula wouldn't be perfected until much later when uh, Itagaki san did Ninja Gaiden for yeah. the, for the Xbox. Oh, and we are very okay. Just for the people who are listening out there, we know that Onimusha was there too as well. But Devil May Cry was the one where hey, you got a, you got a guy with a trench coat, you got a guy walking fast, yeah, but he's quoting lines. He's basically like man. a '90s comedy. He's <laughs> like an Arnold Schwarzenegger but be shonen, you know, like uh, the corny yeah, lines. Yeah, it was very tongue in cheek. It had it had a lot of B movie horror elements to it. Yeah, I guess. which was I mean, so good, honestly. Like it was very welcome at the time. Probably at my, I mean, at that age, I thought like yeah, Dante was probably a cool character. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. say cool character. I thought like okay, this is different from what I'm usually used to. Is like. He was the first, like, he, he was like kind of like Deadpool. Look at this guy. He's just arrogant, full of himself. And he's like, he's an asshole, but he's a very charming asshole. Yeah, and but he's always a winning asshole. Uh, like Charlie thing. Sheen. <laughs> uh, and it, like, I mean, the DMC series, after one, two was a piece of shit. Three yep. was fucking good. Four, uh, I mean, like... Three was, um, I believe they, okay, his... I don't want to talk too much about that because it's not a Hideki Kamiya kind of project. It was more like his successors of sorts. They actually made a better yeah, game out of that. right. I mean, yeah. I would say out of the entire original quadrilogy, like part three would be the one on top. But I mean, I'm I'm still on. I'm still the guy who say that the best Devil May Cry game was the reboot that was done by Ninja Theory. Yeah. That game deserves a sequel. Please, somebody. For me, that out. it's like. Okay, we cannot actually, you know, discount the first game at all. But yeah, I mean, the DMC, first game to me good is stuff. like you should put that in a museum. Like, okay, this started a whole new thing. Yeah, before <laughs> your God of Wars, before your shitty Nano Breaker games and whatnot, you get, you you had Devil May Cry. I mean, it's the well, even Castlevania went to that direction. Do you remember that? Oh, the I Mental mean, with the Lord of the Darkness. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. those Castlevania games were good. Uh, yeah, the, the ones, first one. The I like the first one. I didn't really like the second one. Second one. Uh, it actually was like uh, you know that whole idea where cooks too many cooks spoil the broth I think that was why people didn't remember that much I think like the second one kind of got dumbed down a bit too much and the second time I mean uh, uh, the first one felt like an epic adventure whereas the second one felt like okay room to room combat which was like I think yeah. you had a lot of help with the familiars that's why it got a bit too easy with the Curse of Darkness 
You know. actually had a lot of familiars, dude. I think I, that was what made it unique. Really I easy. didn't. I didn't even bother going. I mean, I, I think I played about like I was about twelve hours in. Like I was pretty much near the end. And I just didn't care after a while. Hey, at the very least, Shafiq, you should listen to some of the music for Curse of Darkness. It's actually not bad. Rubichu Yamani did a lot of like. There was a clock tower music in the game that was really like this is kind of different, but also very mysterious in a sense. Mm, well, music is still really good in that. I'll probably give it a chance. Okay, but okay, I think we've got enough. Okay, we're gonna talk about the creative output of not only Shinji Mikami and Hideki Kamiya, but uh, who else are we gonna add into this? Uh, I, I mean, think that was pretty much it. Atsushi Inaba joined in later on. He was actually on, helping right? them out, helping Hideki Kamiya with the other projects. Now, there was also a time in the 2000 period where Capcom announced their Capcom 5 project. Mm. Um, I'm going to open up my notes because I got a very old man mind. So, I mean, hold like, on a second. This is stuff that happened almost a decade ago. <laughs> almost a decade. Almost a decade. You know, and it's very hard to keep up or even keep track of what it is that's going on. I mean, now, like, I remember when this... It, I mean, this was something that you would find in the trade magazines or if you really decided to do the research. Yeah, right? a really nice spread layout from Next Generation, Edge, from those guys from Future Publishing and whatnot. Now, those five games, um, yeah, it was PN03, PN mm-hmm. Beautiful, okay, Beautiful Joe, Dead Ooh, Phoenix, man. Resident Evil 4, and Killer7. So, naturally, out of, the, out of the five titles, two of them were from the guys who eventually formed Platinum Games. I mean, but I think they were, were they called Clover yet? No, right? Um, yeah, no, they were, they were. They were called by Clover. When Beautiful by Joe came out, they were called Studio Clover. I mean, like, before Platinum Games, I mean, like, Clover, like, during the PS2 era, now that was a brand of quality. Yep, yeah, that was an offshoot, that was, like, a cap, underneath Capcom, you know, like, you got these guys who made the Street Fighter games, you got these guys who did the platformer games, you got these guys who did... Yeah, uh, Studio Clover and all that. And so. you got Suda51 in the corner doing Killer7. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was like, I think it was Marvelous Entertainment. So at the time, Before yeah, yeah it was Capcom, right? yes, yes, it was Capcom thing. Yes, you're right. Um, and yeah, what was really cool was, yeah, Beautiful Joe came out oh, under Studio Cap. There was like, apparently a lot of people who played games on the West, like the Americans, they actually bought this game more than Japan. I'm going to guess it's because of the whole Power Rangers thing going on. Because I also think that because... The platformer during the PS2 era was a, too much of a novelty, whereas like you know the irony would be kind of lost on the Japanese audience because they already like survived so much. And like during the PS2 era, it was the it, that was the era of the JRPG or the RPG. The, the JRPGs and the game, Devil yeah. May Cry copycats exactly. coming out. You know, like, and when like Japan was given a platformer, they were like, yeah, didn't we survive this already in the 80s and late 90s? Like we're done yeah. with platformers. But in the West. I think because of the style and the humor and the way that it was presented, like Beautiful Joe definitely made. It. I mean, not even just say Japan, but even parts in Asia, like over here when Beautiful Joe came out, I was blown away by how so it was not say simple, but it was like it was so streamlined, but at the same time surprisingly very deep. Yeah. For, okay, for those who don't know what Beautiful Joe is, it's you about don't... a guy who's watches a lot of movies. His girlfriend got kidnapped by creatures inside a cinema. No, sorry, inside a movie reel that's playing on the screen, and he has to go in and rescue his girlfriend. Basically, and at the same time, he gets to be a superhero, like a common rider-like character, except in red and white, not green and black. I would say this would be like oh. Properly ripped off Last Action Hero right there. <laughs> yeah. It's basically Last Action Hero, but good. 
No way. I, I have a soft spot for that movie, actually. Yeah, yeah. But Ian anyway, McKellen playing death, yo. <laughs> okay, but imagine this. Like, people... I think at the time, they were showing Mask Rider back in the 90s, and people knew about Giver, people knew about Power Rangers, so they kind of, like... People were kind of into that, into this game, because it actually brought back memories of that. Beautiful Joe actually had to fight, like, monsters based off Kamen Rider, like, archetypes, you know? Yeah, you got a shark, that. you got a bat... <laughs> You've got even a clone, like, called... I forgot what the clone was called, but it was Yellow, right? Yeah. They even had a little joke where, hey, if whoever loses wears Yellow, because, you know, in, in any Japanese Sentai show, anyone who wears Yellow is a pussy, I guess. It's a, it's a colour of shame, more or less. Which is why it's the Asian person who's the Yellow Ranger in the original Power Rangers, I No, no. No, that was actually more like a miscasting, like, it was also pretty bad, because really? cultural differences, the, the cultural stigmas and all that. It quite on the like. nose when the black guy was also the black ranger. Hmm. That too, yeah. But, but, but that was more like America, you know, there, yeah. I mean, it was like, more I'm, like, oh, we didn't know, holy shit, oversight, you know. all those colours is an Asian person kicking ass, come on. Yes. <laughs> but but yeah, dude, definitely. my favourite fight, my favourite thing about Beautiful Joe was like, the fight with uh, Alastor, you know, like, oh, you've been making waves, yada yada. Oh, I should be the, I should be the best sidekick, but oh, I'm gonna be your right rival villain. And then <laughs> after you kicked his ass, then it was like, oh wait, I didn't get enough screen time, help me out. And then while the, what's that? When the when the t- tally screen came out, all that you can still hear him talking. That was really funny. Like all that humor thing just popped up. It was a little nice touch. Yeah, I mean, right there. I, I was like, then, when I looked at it, it's like. Graphically, I mean, it had a very unique shell-shaded look. It was a kick-ass kind of and then, style, like, man. Even with the transitions and the way, I mean, I, I don't really, I don't really pay much attention to graphics. But then aesthetics-wise, like the way it's presented, I mean, like, uh, like, and how cool is it when you go into slow mo mode when it goes all matrixy and it's just yeah, yeah, like, and then you can see the film reel coming out from the top and the bottom. Yeah, I love those little very, touches. And then when you fast forward, right yeah, <laughs> and you actually need this to kill most of the bosses. Okay. You know like how some bad guys want that they got fire shields and all that? If you actually go on fast forward mode, you punch something, you actually turn the fire like after half a second or something, right? You need that to kind of protect yourself from certain elements. I like that the fact that they implement this a lot in the third, fourth stages. And and beyond that, of course. And then when you slow-mo, yeah lah, you gotta... Some things move really fast, oh, you gotta... That's the only way you can avoid shit when, you know, when it comes out really too fast. Really helps a lot when you fight against bosses. I remember when I was fighting all the four bosses again because of the Capcom staple <laughs> in the fourth <laughs> stage, and then you had to fight Fire Leo. I kept dying a lot because I did not know. Holy shit! You actually really need to punch those rocks that he actually threw at you. You know, he threw at you mm. because you have to be on fire to actually protect yourself and shit, right? Because you got you die really fast. In that stage, I mean, like, but okay. I mean, let's not linger too much on Vitapojo. I mean, yeah. Granted, two. What is it? Two more sequels after that? No, no. There was a sequel, and then there was a PSP and a three. Uh, sorry, a DS game as well. Which but we're not sequels, more like spin-offs, right? Yeah, spin-off, spin-off. So yeah, you you have any memories about the sequel? Beautiful Joe too. I mean, to me, it felt more of the same. But the thing is, it was good. I mean, like I think it was the first time they introduced the girl character in part two. Yep, yep. She was a little bit weaker, but she had projectiles. She had a better. She had a more unique style to her lasers and stuff. I mean, like, and I think they ramped up the comedy a little bit more. I mean, I liked Beautiful Joe one. I played Beautiful Joe two. I mean, I didn't feel like it was a better game, but I felt like it was more of what I wanted. So it's like. I mean, this is back then where it wasn't. There was no such thing as DLC or expansions. It was like, oh hey, another beautiful Joe. I'll play that. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it's exactly I, what I, I thought it would be. So like, yeah. I especially like the fact that after you fought the first boss, which is a T Rex, uh, <laughs> you yes. actually see him coming back again and again as like a sort of a gag character per se. Yeah, one of the few games I remember that had a solid running joke. I mean, the, I mean, the best running joke of all time is still Earthworm James Cow. <laughs> yeah, but for Beautiful Joe, they actually had a lot of running jokes in terms of like, oh, Captain Blue came back again. Oh. Uh, Alastor came back again and he's got like a super form in the second game and he still rambles on as oh why did I get sidelined again this is the second game damn it this is the second movie but was this it's, the first game really cool. to imp- implement this kind of cell shaded look I mean I think maybe no no way before that was probably uh, Jet Grind Radio right Jet yeah Grind but already started. in terms of like you know fitting with the mood of the cartoony kind of look and it the actually heavy fit shadows really well. and the high contrast look right yeah it got the best look ever like it got it, it really fit really well mm, man okay tell you what so I think we're enough gushing about Beautiful Joe. I mean, everybody who knows video games should definitely play these games, find a version yeah. of it. And if you can't, at least play Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Beautiful Joe's in it. <laughs> yep, yep. He's one of the shorter characters. But, I mean, a short okay. character in the fighting game, small hitbox. But always also, good. in the early history, the game that defined art as a video game or video games as art, to me, I would say, would be Okami. Oh, hell yeah. Go ahead first, you go ahead first. I mean, like, the thing is, when I played this game for the first time, and then thinking that, okay, I mean, I was very skeptical. This is one of those games where it's like, you know how you go to a shop and you ask, hey, what's new? And the guy at the counter was like, try this. And then, like, you look at it like, huh, there's a dog on the cover. You look at the back of the box, huh, it looks cute, it looks not fun. Alright, I'll try it. And then you bring no, it home. Dude, don't judge a book by its cover. Exactly. Page. And then when you bring it home and you play it, and you realize the level of detail, the level of beauty, the aesthetics, the environments, the gameplay. The, the 3x f- story, dude. Like, I it's not just one big story. I fell in love with this dog, Amaterasu. I was like, wow, this is even a the, journey. Even the sidekick was also adorable. Uh, yeah. Isun, Isun, yeah. The little like, pencil guy. You get he even has a story of its own too in the main story. That's so cool. I mean, you know, like, like little bug people running around. It, this was a game where, like, in a time where the, like things were all getting all brown, things were getting all violent, things were getting all action packed, and it's like, well, here's a sweet little game, you know that I was I would say still this uh, it's superior to Mario sixty four in terms of the three D platformer, but at the same time I would say like. I mean, this is up there with like Psychonauts and Mario 64. It's like, these are the kind yeah. of 3D platformers you need to play. Exactly, and, yeah, like, yeah. And it's... I I think we just need to mention, nobody bought this or played it when it came out. And I Yeah, think it, was, it was like too little fanfare from Japan of all countries. Exactly. This is a yeah. game that celebrates its own legacy, its own his- mythological histories and stories. And it got little traction, you know? Which I mean, is why I'm actually happy that, you know, the game came out on the issue remix. It came it out on the PS2. Times, yeah. yeah, it was released a few times on the Wii first and then on the PS3. Which I, I would say PSN the Wii thing. version is the superior version to play. Definitely. I don't Especially know. With PS2 the all the way effects. for me, man. Huh? PS2 all the way, at least for me. PS2, for, I don't know, for me, the Wii version, they kind of fixed the camera a little bit more. I don't know. Um, I mean, well, are you, I mean, it's nice that you can actually do your paintbrush strokes with the, with the Wii controller. But still, I mean, I, I was doing fine with the PS2 controller. I don't need this, you know? Maybe that's just me, like, you know? Like, for a port to be, like, more recognizable, at least it's gotta be superior in a sense. 
but that's yeah. just me lah. But I mean, like, me. I, I think, I mean, I just admitted that when I first got the game without any expectation, and I, I mean, just by judging it, like I looked at it and like I didn't think much of it. And it, it's the kind of game where it's very hard to sell to the to, to the kid who's like you only have enough allowance to like probably buy one game. They would definitely yeah. like skip over something like that. And this, I mean, this was the nineties, like. You know, like a game like Okami, like even I think you mean the two thousands. Oh, yeah, my mean, bad. This was the late. 2000s. This is the early two thousands. It's like you know, a game like Okami, like it was coming out in a time where like you know, like freaking I think what, what Call of Duty was really around, right? Probably um, one or two. I don't know. It was about two three. Uh, Modern Warfare came out when the Xbox Three Sixty came out. This was about two thousand six, probably five ish right. around that period. But I mean, like. I think I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Call of Duty. I think this was the era of Grand Theft Auto Three. Oh, and a lot of games were trying to be that. Yeah, like I think San Andreas or something. Like people were like hungry for open world sandboxy type games like that. And a game like Okami would definitely not fare well in that kind of landscape. Yes, this was two thousand six. I was still in Canada, I think, when I was playing this, if I recall. Yep, yep. I was still in Canada playing this. Yeah. This was such good shit. I I bought this game like for the PS2 original, and I think around two thousand six seven around those that period, I actually wrote a love letter about this because I was trying my hand at game journalism at one point for freela at the at the time, and one of my pieces that people talk about at the time was my love letter to Okami. So it was like a look back at this, and I just gushed about it all the way through like games and art. Games as like way to tell a three act story and all that and little touches here and there like how this game it was, it was just big it was just big in scope and it only had like a less than fifty people working on this I mean it's Capcom lah but still it's sort of like at the time Capcom consider Studio Clover as a B team of sorts but yeah no but I would say like the smaller development team probably allowed it to have a lot more finesse and it became a lot less I would say there was not like less cooks in the kitchen. So yeah, to speak. Yeah. But Did I you mean, remember? Have you seen pictures of Okami before it adapted this art style? Can't really recall. I don't think I was paying attention to the hype. There, to it. there was a time when there was okay. There was a time two thousand six. YouTube just came out like yeah, it was infancy. You know, I saw a clip of this. Apparently, Okami was like supposed to be this like dull colored, realistic looking game at the time. Okay. Thank God they scrapped that. You can find videos of this online. Okami before two thousand six. Was there any influence from Team Fortress Two, where more colorful characters took over the original design? Uh no, I think this was just more like, I think Hideki Kamiya and Yatsushi Inaba were like put their foot hey, down and said, "Yeah, this exist. game looks boring. Let's change it up. Mm. I don't care. If we're gonna release it within a year or so. Let's just do this shit." Mm. And they did. <laughs> and like, you know, okay, you know why this is? A, you know why I don't really care much about Zelda games? No way. I mean. Uh, because Okami is there. That's the one Zelda game that outshines Zelda, honestly. I swear to God, if any Nintendo fanboy comes up to me, they'll be like, Oh, Twilight Princess. Oh, Skyward Sword is all that good. Oh, this and that. The, the, the Zelda games of the Wii came out and the Game Boy. I was like, dude, shut the fuck up. I, I got Okami. That's out Zelda Zelda at the time. Uh, I'll just say, say this. You're wrong, Ocarina of Time. Out Zelda. Okay, Zelda. sorry. Before, yeah. Okay, good point. Good point. Yeah, I'm talking more like the whole that time, two thousand six, when they had the Zelda games coming out. Before the time. Twilight Princess. Yeah, mm, yeah. Like maybe. no, at Twilight Princess around that period, uh, and then all those other Zelda games that come out after that. It's like, dude, I've got Okami. I'm sorted. I don't need another Zelda game. Well, at all. I think I was playing Darksiders by then. <laughs> okay, yeah, Darksiders. Uh, that's another one that's sort of out Zelda. Zelda. 
Kind of. I we mean, should in get Zelda, it. Zelda properly. But okay, yeah. I mean... Okay, it's Zelda properly. Yes, that, that we, should be like a noun. <laughs> it's Zelda properly. Yeah, that should be the thing, you know. Oh, how's the game? It's Zelda properly. Uh, I mean, what else did came out? Oh, fuck, yeah. During the early history, Clover Studios... I want to talk about God Hand for a second. Because this Ooh, is yes, probably yes. the prototype to a lot of games that's going to be mentioned in our so-called Platinum Gush. And for those of you who don't know, before Bayonetta, before Anarchy Reigns, before all of this, the first platinum style I, w- I mean platinum style action games this is the great grandfather to all of those this is the blueprint the template i'm talking about motherfucking god hand yo this god game hand, yo. was so fun when it came out and the thing is right if you look at youtube videos of this and you see like you know the, the combo system and you see the fact that when you do your finishes there's a lot of button mashing and it's like everybody says oh that's such a platinum style okay this is the first game to implement all of that and like it made breaking your controller fun and it was batshit stupid made no sense i mean like and the funny thing is right after a game like beautiful joe where the art style was unique and stylized and like you know probably i would say it had a very strong aesthetic moving from that to okami was like okay yeah maybe they decided to go like you know the plane of higher art like you know it's a little bit more uh, intellectual a little bit more uh, emotional and then they drop God Hand. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This was like the game looks very very different. I'm not saying it's terrible looking all that, but it's like wow, this is a huge contrast. Yeah. And then when you actually play it, you get through all the fights, and then you have to fight like the demon boss that comes out at random at any time. Yes, man, that 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 that's why it got really that... challenging and good. Like it was actually trying to recapture how tough Devil May Cry was back in the day. It was a like, return to form. It's its for own me. style. It's its own style. And I would say this, like, Godham is one of the first games that, this game, like, I was playing it, and I was, like, literally every half hour, I was, is this game fucking with me? Seriously? Is this <laughs> yeah. going on right now? I think it is, yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking that it's, way, it, too. It had that strong personality, and it was, like, I would say, and, man, it's very hard to find this game now, because, it, like, it was, it, I don't think it was a big success, but... Mm, I don't think so, no. I think the part of the reason is why most game journalists at the time IGN especially because IGN gave this game <laughs> like a 3.0 or something no 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 it's more like they gave this game a really low rating like because the guy I don't think he understood how the game yeah, played yeah he didn't get it fought. yeah he didn't get it it's supposed to be more like um, okay imagine playing a one player Streets of Rage game where your first level boss will overpower you at any time if you think the game gets easy you know yeah I yeah, feel that was how it is uh, you can correct me on this dude if you want no I think you no, I think you got it right there, but it's like... Godhand seemed to be, like... This is my... This is, like... Godhand is the fully coolie to the Evangelion that was Okami. Yes, yes, I think that's a... It was literally... Was you could tell analogy. that the developers were like, you know, we're fucking fed up. We made probably one of the best platformer, side-scrolling platformers ever. We made an art the game... The best Zelda game ever. The, 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 <laughs> the, the, the one of the few games that Zelda very well. And you're like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you guys, we're just gonna make this game God Hand and then you can tell that the developers were having so much fun putting this shit together. And it would like it literally just felt like it was constantly punching you in the face and you just couldn't look away. It's like, oh this this game this game hates me. <laughs> hey dude, remember okay, do you remember the promo website that came out before this game came out? Oh, um, it was basically you clicking on the mouse button, yeah, hitting yeah. things. <laughs> that was so that was a, that was like the that was just like the precursor to the madness in God Hand, basically. 
Oh, and that soundtrack and the bosses yo holy shit no, I mean, the I Hawaii music popping up for that game to get remastered or put on PC or something because I want to play yeah. that game again it's going to be very hard to dust off a PS2 and to yeah. find a copy of this anymore yeah the controls do make sense because it's supposed to be like a first sorry third person kind of beat em up kind of thing and mm-hmm. it worked out pretty well I think maybe because very people, well yeah. dude like that finishing move where you punch a guy into the sky Yes, before one punch so man cool. is like yeah. like wow. <laughs> yeah. I think uh I think the guy who did one punch man probably got influence from Cap from Capcom and Platinum Games. So. I would say no. I mean the, the original punch a person at the sky would still be the Ranma series uh, back in the early like Oh 90s. my god, that's a much lo- <laughs> like that's anytime you piss off a tiny show punch you into the sky. <laughs> yes, yeah. And usually the women get away with it because they're the ones who are strong enough to punch Ranma up in the sky Dude. and the panda bear too. Okay, say what um, you want. Nintendo Akane, the f- to me the first original Japanese girl badass. <laughs> I love uh, that yes. Okay, but okay, I think we can wrap up a bit about the early works of uh, Clover. You know our thoughts on their the, the pre platinum output, and also yep. at the same time, I think maybe. Uh, we Ooh, I got a- I got probably got one more thing I got to mention. Let's squeeze Marvel vs. Capcom. Hopefully they can bring. I kind of want Jean to be on the Marvel vs. Capcom. Really? Game. Because it's still a, it's still a Capcom IP, dude. Hmm, you're right. Who knows? Who knows? Capcom surprises if you still got yeah, a bit of like soul left. In Marvel yeah. Capcom game. Nobody yeah, knows who they are. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, oh, we're going obscure, you know, we gotta add in one obscure guy. <laughs> okay, so I, tell you what, uh, I think we rambled on for a bit, so we'll take a short break and then we're gonna dive right into the main topic, which is the Platinum Era. Yep, when they games. actually adopted the name when so, like you know here. like rest in peace Clover Studios and everything else you know but like from the f- ashes the phoenix shall rise so yep, to speak. Yep. from a blossom you've grown into a full flown full flown full blown flower <laughs> <laughs> okay so after this uh, we'll, we'll be right back and we talk straight into we go straight into platinum go in platinum <laughs> This is going to be the main brunt of the episode where we go straight into our big gush over one of the best Japanese developers so far around. I I'll just I mean, let's just let's just have else. some sort of spot of hubris and just say of all time. I would say <laughs> nah, I wouldn't say of all time, man. Okay, Come okay, on, all right. Like, one one of the best, one of the best. The guys who deserve their moniker, who deserve whatever standing ovation they get for their games. I mean, like speaking of hubris, they call themselves platinum. Yes, <laughs> good, <laughs> good point, right there. And according to video games, that's better than gold. Yep, yep. <laughs> what can go higher no, than I mean, platinum, platinum, honestly? Ranking. 
No, okay, but like definitely when Platinum Games came out, you know, and then like the thing is like this was us recovering from the so-called demise of Clover Studios, and also like thinking like oh the best like you know video game developers from Japan no longer exist, and then we hear the amazing news that hey remember those guys from Clover? They started a new company, and guess what? They're making games, and we were like yeah. And they're like for the Wii, and we were like, huh? This was uh, back in uh, October two thousand seven. They formed yeah. together with Tatsuya Minami's uh, Art Dot Limited. They he basically is the guy who makes sure that all quote unquote all the kids in the playroom get their ideas out, and he has to be the adult to say, well, this is a good idea. This is a bad idea. Yes, it's a good idea. Yes, it's a bad idea. You he know, literally has to rein in the energy. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> yep. No, but okay, okay. Speaking of anarchy, okay, let, let's talk about the very first platinum release that we were aware yep. of on the Wii, and basically, I was very surprised at how much how good this yeah, game yeah. actually a was. A black and despite... white game that works. We're talking about Mad Wall, yo. Damn Mad World, you know, like when when that came out, like remember when the Wii came out and everybody was talking about oh Wii Sports, oh Mario Galaxy, family oh, friendly shit. fun. What the hell? The guy's head just came off. He came and got sawed into half with a chainsaw. I remember just <laughs> looking at the trailer and thinking like, wow, yeah, this is my game, man. This is my game. This is coming on the. Wii. I have a reason to buy a Wii now. <laughs> this game looks batshit insane. It's basically Smash TV melee style with some of the best. Executions and fatalities and like the environmental like kills like <laughs> like throwing guys into fans. I thought Mortal Kombat 4 did it very well. This game in spades, yeah. yo. Yeah, yeah. You actually <laughs> so take a guy's turbine thing and you actually take his entire corpse <laughs> and shove it inside his own hand, which is actually a giant turbine, <laughs> a giant jet, fat, giant jet turbine. Holy shit! I'm I'm stuttering so bad. I just remember these moments. <laughs> I mean, like. It was so refreshing, you know, especially in a time when like this. Was,、uh, you have to understand, like when the Wii came out, it was gangbusters. Everybody had a Wii, and everybody was like kind of showing off, like, "Well, look at my collection of Wii Sports or what or Mario Kart or whatever." And it's like I was like, "No, I'm gonna play Mad World. <laughs> this, this is the game," and I was very happily surprised at how effective they use the waggle controls. Like at the same, I mean, like. It, it, it felt less like a good gimmick and more like, oh, this actually does add to the yeah, gameplay. Yeah. This is actually you actually play the、fun. game as normal, like with your analog and your buttons and whatnot. But it's nice to actually you know that oh, if I want to rip some guy in half or just you know do some finisher to help fill up my bar or whatnot, yeah, just do your waggle controls and all that. Man, I haven't had so much fun shaking a Wii mode since ra- raving yeah, rabbits, yeah. I guess. And I mean, plus, it's I, the I only way to finish、game. off the bad guys because your health will go back again anyway. So you had to actually learn how to do the waggle properly or set up your Wii sensor just properly and stuff. Dude, I just remember playing this game, having so much fun, and I was sweating after every session.、Yeah. It was like, like you could really feel like your arm gets stiff. It's like, wow, this is an actual physical trial. Like you felt, the, you felt the 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 grueling. Like you know, endeavor you had to go through. Like your character has to go through. Like after every, like after after every match. Yeah, every bad guy. You, I mean, the whole game is actually set up like a game show. Like, oh, you gotta get this many points, kill them in the best way possible. Like shove a signpost up some guy's face and all that. So you have to actually do the most heinous, heinous fights and heinous finishes ever, just to get enough points to access to other to 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 other levels and whatnot. 
I mean, like you know, it kind of rewarded your depravity. But at the same, I mean, I would say this: this is the best video game adaptation of like Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Running yes, Man. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's like tongue in had, cheek sort of way, in a sense. I mean, like tongue in cheek. Yo, Greg Proops himself, Mister Who's Talking, whose line, who's is, line it anyway? is it yeah. anyway? Was the announcer? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Stuff. Had some of the best lines ever, and it just kept me going. You know? and, and the thing is, you didn't feel bad for like you know, like unleashing all this crunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know. That's it, it, part of the game. Yeah, I had so much yeah, fun. And that soundtrack, you know, like this is the first time you actually see or hear hip hop actually add well to the fighting <laughs> and all the car- I would say everything. no, no, no. Hip hop in a fighting game still Def Jam's fight. For I don't know, man. Have you have you checked out Anarchy Reigns? Because that's where hip hop does it best for that. I think we'll, we're just gonna skip to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that. We'll definitely talk about Anarchy Reigns, but then again, okay, so. Uh, platinum games. Okay, first game. Uh, uh, first game at bat. Yes. Okay, no, I wouldn't say knock it out, knocked it out of the park. You know, I would say like this was definitely an essential Wii game to uh, to get. And then I would say like um, what came right after? Uh, Infinite was Space. It no, 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 it wasn't Bayonetta straight no, away. Was Infinite, uh, Space. Infinite Space came out. It was basically an RPG in space. You customize your ship and you fly around, do combat stuff. I kind of want to talk a lot. I I kind of wish you could talk a bit about it, but I've only made it past the first, like the first two hours or so. I mean, I'm not saying that I wasn't, I, I wasn't interested in what Platinum did with this, but there were other RPGs on at the time I was actually reviewing and checking out. So it flew under the radar. I'm very sorry, but. Yeah, we're gonna have to skip the. We're, we're gonna have to skip out the Bayonetta because Bayonetta was the one which we played uh, uh, played the most. I mean, like Infinite Space came out around the same time as maybe Final Fantasy Thirteen, right? I think that's why. It... No, no, there were other DS RPGs that were taking out my time. Oh, Infinite Space only came out on the DS. Oh uh, yeah, huh? DS. Oh man, uh, this is the era when I didn't have a DS. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, <laughs> it was actually a pretty cool game. It's just um, yeah, there was just too much happening in. So hopefully, if there's a way for me to do a playthrough, I would do that. I'll yeah, gladly we, do we that. Definitely have to give some shine to Infinite Space when we both have yeah, the hand, yeah. uh, a really underrated kind of space game, which really should ne- really sh- we should be giving more love to, because it was well, probably the last time until Platinum did something before they go back to their comfort zone and said comfort zone was something very actiony, very hyper hyper actiony. You know, I think you know where like we're going the, to. The, the spiritual successor to God Hand. Spiritual successor to Devil May Cry, especially. And Devil May Cry. I mean, like, you can talk about infinite space all you want, but this is where we fly us to the yep, moon. <laughs> this is Fly Me to the Moon, yo. Bayonetta, Bayonetta. If you, if, if you don't like that song, be prepared to hear it a lot. <laughs> Very similar to the Devil May Cry games where they only have one song for the fights. Fly Me to the Moon will get. Will, is there going to be the earworm that like you know drives you nuts? Yeah, yep. as well as the very peppy, very pop centric soundtrack of it. But that's not that's not the thing that kill. I mean, it actually adds to the whole playful charm of the character herself, Bayonetta. Like she's a witch who basically gets her way in the most fun way possible. She. By prim and proper. I would say like the best way to describe Bayonetta herself is she kicks your ass with her yes. hair, and she gets away <laughs> whatever she does. You know that's pretty awesome. And her outfit is also made of her yes. hair. So, I mean, 
that's as Japanese yeah, as every it time is. you do a combo <laughs> part of the clothes actually get actually comes off you know because she's using her hair to do really kick-ass wicked weave moves like a giant hand popping up or like a giant demon hell spawn coming out and eating your eating your foes and whatnot you know or a giant high heel boot. yes a boot <laughs> so the, the, this is like Monty Python's level of insanity except in Japanese flair I mean like the first time I saw Bayonetta and I thought oh finally from the ori- like I remember it was touted as like from the original guys of Devil May Cry and also God Hand comes a game that will like you know <laughs> that will just be nuts and like I was pleased I, I love this yeah. game like I got it on my PS3 back in the day and I was like I played this game a lot and the strange thing is right that I remember beating it and thinking I need to do that again yeah. <laughs> on a harder difficulty <laughs> on a harder difficulty yeah. because it, it's like basically like it was the the Devil May Cry game I wanted I mean I didn't really like DMC4 at all I mean like I thought it was a bit disappointing and this is like in a way of how uh, Platinum redeemed yep, themselves yep. but even though they had nothing to do with like Devil May Cry right, anymore it's like this is the Devil May Cry game yeah, I wanted that, that, to play and it, that's your DNA of Devil May Cry made better by the guy who made Devil May Cry like he gets yeah. it he knows how to he knows how, how what, what it's supposed to be like and at the same time, I mean, like Devil May Cry Four, like it, it started, it became too serious, like with the the whole character, like Nero and his whole plight of like rescuing his girlfriend yep, yep. and fighting the Order and all that, like yeah, you know, like this doesn't feel as fun or as like in your face or tongue in cheek. And then Bayonetta comes yeah. around, like oh yeah, this is exactly what. Yeah, I want you'll be to. wondering why the hell does she have butterfly wings? How the hell does the hands come out from her hair? Who cares? It's just awesome. It's just as Dude. insane as can get. I mean, if you beat the game on hardest and you unlock the ice skating outfit yep. and you just start skating yeah. around and like the combos are even easier to do because she like moves so much yep, faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, dude. Speaking of which, the weapons—they're just insane, dude. Skates from hell. Okay, ice skates from hell. I think it's called Odette, right? <laughs> if I recall, there's a katana as well. That was pretty awesome. Um, I use that a lot. Yeah, that's actually a very overpowered. Yeah, weapon. yeah. Um, there were other weapons I use. Okay. Crap, I'm actually remembering more Bayonetta 2's weapons than Bayonetta 1's weapons. But anyway, you got okay. the shotgun made out of the dead souls of fairies. <laughs> so <laughs> fucking cool. Um, and oh yeah, the whip was actually alright too, because it actually made you like tell like sort of like get you to one place really quick. I mean, something that they were. Re- I mean, that was something that already existed in DMC Four, or like, I mean, even in the DMC. I don't know, but it was done you... like there's an actual snake that comes out when you do like the Wicked Weave version of it. That was much cooler. <laughs> it was a very great way to like continue your combo, yeah. like for you to move across. Or the even stage drag quickly. dudes back to you. That was pretty cool. I mean, like, yeah, this is definitely I, in in the genre of stylish action games. I would put this and DMC Three and definitely the DMC reboot up there as among the best in that Ooh. genre. It's a very small Ooh, genre. I just remembered the other weapon uh, I use a lot: the flamethrower and the ice weapon. The one where you can change back and forth if you do a three sixty rotation. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that one. No, you either have a slow attacking weapon or a fast ice weapon. So I I I remember using that these the most because I just want to kill things dead really quick. So I just use a heavy one and then just switch to a fast one if I wanted to get the hell away and do combos from there. This game came out 2008, This was 2009, I think. Yeah. Oh no, no. It was 2009, late, it came out. I remember this because I did not know the Japanese version came out. I mean, the Japanese version actually had an English uh, option as well. You can actually change it back to English and everything was all, the text options, everything was in English. 
And then it came out in 2010, like after that, like on January, because they wanted to have the English version without the Japanese stuff on it. That's interesting. Yeah, I remember. I mean, like, did this game push copies? I mean, it did, right? It, it was very successful. Uh, right? I mean, it, it warranted a sequel. It warranted a sequel, yes, but I don't know if it did as well as the beautiful duo did back in the day. It was granted. It actually got a lot of people's attention, and yeah, it was it was good sales. It was good sales. I think I would say this like like I'm especially talking about this studio and the studio that came before it. Like I mean, they're very well known for making like games that would you know either be critically acclaimed or just loved by people. But just didn't make numbers because it's, it's just genres or like themes that was so way out there or just being too Japanese or just too bad. I think Bayonetta sold for like a million plus copies already worldwide. It did, right? It did. Push but some, like, the, the, the developers, Platinum Games, they, they were like, okay, this was good. But the boss was like, oh, we can do, we could have done better because it was multi platform, right? So. I, I think that's so. why because I mean I mean it it, sh- it had issues when it came out on I think PS3. I mean there were frame rate issues that people could Yeah, which about. is why I bought the 360 version after I played the PS3 version cuz oh my god, it was a world of difference, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean but I mean, even I remember just downloading like a giant patch and then like the game still felt a little bit yeah, clunky, yeah. but then like yeah, we, I was I had I had this on PS3. I mean I still enjoyed it. I mean it wasn't like game breaking to say the least. It, the loading was really I mean, slow, I, dude. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean, then this game, this next game. Ah, the two thousand, yeah, two thousand ten. The game that came after Bayonetta. You thought Bayonetta was nuts. You haven't seen nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I would say hands down, best game that came out in two thousand ten. I played this in the PS three version. It had no frame rate issues. It had no problems at all. And I remember when this game was announced, and then like it was like. They promised like, oh, we finally managed to like render one like hundreds of projectiles in a single scene. It's like, why would that be interesting? And when I saw the trailer, and like you know, like when we like, is that Glenn Close playing the president of the United <laughs> States or something? And I was like thinking to myself, and all of a sudden you just see this dude in a mech uh, outfit, power sliding like fucking Pete Townsend from the Who over yeah. the place, blowing things away, blowing away giant robots and tanks. Yo. I'm talking about motherfucking Vanquish. Yeah, you. <laughs> Vanquish was a kick-ass game, which deserves its own sequel, dude. It really needed a sequel. This needs to come on PC too. Yo, I want to play this game again. Okay. Now, for those who don't know about Vanquish, imagine your favorite third-person shooter, except your character is fast. He can power slide like Real you mentioned. Fast. And every bullet that comes at you, you just gotta keep track of everything that's happening around you, dude. Exactly. I remember this is the game that literally, like, you know, like, Dodge all this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck and me. the game yeah, was like, actually super fair in dealing a lot of challenges at you. Okay, you know those giant exactly, missile, yeah. missiles that kill you in one hit? You can hear them coming. So when you hear like that blaring sound, that means like, oh, you gotta get out of cover, dude, straight away. That game conditions you to do that like earlier on and then they they pull out all the stops at least in the middle and the, at the third act at the third last of the game. It's so good. I mean, it's so good. The only time it slows down was that ridiculous mission where you're on that moving barge and you had to snipe things. Uh, wait, wait, was it the, was was it the stage where you go upside down? When you find the centipede? No, 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 you, 
it's like you and a few other of the soldiers you're on this like moving you're on rails you're on this barge and then you only have a sniper war, 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 uh, was sniper. it the monorail that went upside down a bit and then there was some flying things that, that was probably later after that but it's like that's the only time you get to take a yeah. <laughs> that was the only moment where you could like okay I'm gonna pause get a drink of water and relax I thought second. the only time you could take a break was like when you're at the colony area where you can see like grass and shit for the first time and like, oh, you take a break, and then oh, suddenly some dudes are coming from the co- from the dist- distance, and like, yep, okay, back to shooting shit again, you know. <laughs> and it's like, in a world where like at that time, I think it was like Gears of War, and probably like Uncharted. yeah, yeah, they were having like sort of like semi semi fast, but not too fast shooters. Vanquish came like, in. This is this is fast, dude. Like, this is fast all the way. This is a game that will just melt your face. It'll like you know. This is this is a game that kicked you in the balls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you enjoy. Yeah, we should it. Talk, we should talk and more about like what actually made it really good. Like the shooting actually feels good. The bosses you fight, actually, except for the last few guys, I felt that the bosses did did their job really well, and the stages did re- were really good in showcasing like oh we can do more with this concept like. Places where, oh, cover is like really few and far between. You gotta really dash really fast. Uh, I think that's the thing. Like oh, Upside like down levels like, are also a thing as well. Uh, I mem- remember that monorail, not the monorail stage, uh, the one after that. The one where it's sort of like in the zero gravity mode and there were centipedes yeah. were fighting. That was really good. That was a good stage. I would, not, I would say this, like for a game like Vanquish, right? It's, like, it's something very Japanese about it in the fact that those controls were so fucking tight. Uh, you know, like, it didn't have that clunky, like, uh, like when you play a game like Uncharted, or you play a game like Gears of War, right? You know, when you're, like, even when you strafe, or when you, like, look, with, look uh, when you move the, ca- the scene around with your camera, it's, like, it felt very, I wouldn't say uh, janky, I would just say, it was, like, there was a slight amount of delay, like, it was really, like, it did, whereas Vanquish, like, you could flick through things, it's, it was definitely it really fast, rewards. yeah. Yeah, and, and at the same time, I would say what made Vanquish like such an amazing game was the fact that it was really spitting in the face of all these other games. Like, nope, there's no chest high walls. Nope, there's no recoverable health. I mean, there. I mean, there, there's no uh, chance for you to recover health. Yeah. It's all about forward movement yeah. and dodging. Yeah, yeah. You have to switch hiding. cover really, really fast, and that's the reason why you can power slide because it's the only mode of transportation that lets you get around without getting killed. Yeah, it's a game that rewards momentum. Yeah. It rewards like, and the thing is, if you're a hardcore gamer and you love, a ch- like, if you love a challenge, right? This game ramps it up in the perfect oh, way. My favorite and mechanic it, is like when you actually do a melee, it actually takes away all your meter, and then you have to recover yeah. again. That shows that yeah, you cannot spam this attack. You have to save your melee attack for an enemy that matters, or at least no. But if you do, but the best thing is like when you do the, your power slide to melee attack, when you do that flash yep. kick <laughs> oh yeah that was good just, yeah smashes things and I was like and it, it rewards you for being tactical but at the same time it also rewards you for being able to think fast I mean it's a game that's very twitch heavy very reflex based I mean like compared to other shooters I mean like the thing about uh, I would say console shooters is like they tend to always slow things down in ab- for the, the player to be able to how you say come to grips with the controls yeah. whereas this game was like okay we assume you know what to do yeah. Or at least you know what you're 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 an actual gamer, like okay here we're gonna throw th- all this at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like okay, okay. You've played shooters before, good. Okay, here we're gonna crank it up to eleven, like those guys in Spinal Tap. So go ahead, go nuts, avoid this shit, and good luck. <laughs> we're rooting for you, pal. I'm happy they also have arcade mode as well, so you can just skip the story stuff, just worry about the stages and get a high score. I think that's probably why I loved yeah, it yeah. so much. Like oh, I can skip. Kind of reminds us of sure. a game that came out last year that also had arcade mode. 
<laughs> Doom. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. No, no, but okay. Like I would say, oh man, if who 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 do we have to call or bother to get a vanquished sequel or for it to be released? On we PC? can ask I mean, Shinji Mikami like, hey, dude, if you're done making horror games, come do Vanquish again, yo. Platinum Games no, need, need a hit it. hands. We want to play it. I mean, it's it's under the Konami or is it under? No, Konami? no, it's still a Platinum Games thing. So they have to, they have to, what do you call it? They they have the IP with them, or it could be so it could be under rights. Sega. Wait, wait, it could be under Sega though, because uh, this Sega. was published under Sega. Because I got my copy from um, New Era, and New Era handled Sega back in the day. Man, I mean, Sega needs to get on their game and yeah. like, stop putting. Or at least make a spiritual successor of sorts, and make sure that the game is self-contained. Don't have any shit where you know oh the bad guy lives to fight another day and whatnot i feel that yeah vanquish it's only bad point was like okay the last boss who's who we're gonna fight a big ass motherfucker a bigger version of the bogey nope you fight two bogeys well that is fine yeah. <laughs> it was a bit like dude we've done this in the middle of the game they're just giving us twice but it's nice that they actually increase your um burnout meter like when you fight mm. you know like all your inhibitors are off and shit and then he runs off you don't get to kill that guy. You don't get to do a finishing move or fight in space or float in space. I don't know. I felt that... That's why I felt that Bayonetta was a bit better in Vanquish. I mean, both games are great. Get both if you can. It's just... I will take Bayonetta more because technically that game is self-contained despite having a sequel already out. I'm basing it on mm-hmm. that, but at the same time... Dude, Vanquish needs a follow-up, man. God damn it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, God. They don't make shooters like that anymore. And... Even then, even though there's Blue, Bulletstorm, you know, games like Bulletstorm and Doom, we kind of need a Vanquish, you know? We need the Japanese touch to it, you know? Yeah, I would say that. I would, uh, no, the Power Slide. We made a Power Slide. <laughs> yeah. Bring the Power Slide or something like that, mechanic. you know? <sighs> it's so good. I mean, it, it felt like... Um, I would say this, like, Vanquish is the... It's a, it's a near masterpiece to me. I mean... Granted, like the story doesn't make sense, but I don't care about the story. But the challenge, the challenge was perfect, you know. I mean, like, and it d- didn't punish you for being, uh, how how you say, inexperienced. Yeah. I mean, it would gradually ramp up. And the thing is, from stage six onwards, you know, it's just like, okay, now you, we've taught you all you need to know. Because <laughs> yeah, yourself. exactly. I felt that okay, despite the last boss, you know, being okay, everything else was great, dude. Everything, the levels, the upside down stages, the enemies coming at you. No, oh, do you remember that bit when you entered like the giant war machine when you entered through the legs in one stage? Oh yeah. You actually all of a sudden, what the fuck are these robots dancing or something and shit? There was a random moment where I saw the corgis. They're called they're called corgis all dancing or something to some pop music or some shit. Which shows oh, which shows the weirdness of a Shinji Mikami game lah, which is nice. I would just say this. Uh, I just remember like playing Vanquish. I mean, like it, to me, it felt like the anti Halo, where Halo is uh, everybody's like looking at Master Chief, like, oh, he's gonna come and save us. And then whereas you play Vanquish, it's like all the other grunts are like, fuck this guy. We we're all fighting too, yeah. and then they all get wiped out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then apparently like, oh, robots man. can also slack off too, like that bit I mentioned with the dancing robots. <laughs> so I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, Halo. I mean, Halo little, did not have things. that tongue-in-cheek thing, except for certain bits. Vanquish had that quite a bit. I mean, come on, the dialogue for crying out loud when um Gideon was flirting with his handler Ellie or something, you know. And all mm. that, that was just like corny shit. What am I, an MIT graduate or whatever? What the fuck, man? <sighs> I think that was a jab at Metal Gear. I know, I know. But still, it was like, it did not take it so seriously up to a point, which was nice. Yeah, it was a game that was just 
fun. Yeah. I would just say yep. it's just pure so fun. So ten out of ten from all of us. Next to Bayonetta, I mean, all these games are probably high anyway. So <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, and then comes the next. Oh thing. yeah, this is a game. Uh, yeah, Anarchy Reigns. Okay. really good music I'll tell you that uh, straight off the bat hip-hop yeah the hip hop in this is very aggressive I thought that Matt Wolf's music couldn't be topped apparently Anarchy Reigns showed us off they actually took some guys from New York like Ox and uh, DJ Rays or, or a lot of these like indie sort of like ghetto hip hop guys from New York and they got mm-hmm. them rapping for the game and it shows basically the game is about these bunch of mercenaries all that fighting each other I mean there's a story in there somewhere lah, but again the game itself is basically like a 3D brawler, except instead of it being like God Hand, the controls are simplified. It's trying to be a bit more streamlined even further, and you have a lot of other characters you get to play as. Like there, some are faster, some have better reach and all that. But to be honest, they all play almost the same except for like size differences. So you get to play like I a. Think their special moves, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Special moves are just. Uh, you got characters who are big, like. Uh, Jack. No, 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 no. That's like he's medium sized. You got bigger guys like Big Bull, uh, oh, crap, yeah. uh, Maximilian, a few other dudes who are like just big. You've got oh, you even got like a transformer I think inside. Like he's a he's a guy named Garuda. He transformed to a rocket launch rocket ship. And you got Bayonetta mm-hmm. as a guest character too. And you got smaller characters who are slightly faster and all that. It's supposed to be a multiplayer game, like Platinum Games version of a multiplayer beat 'em up, to tailor to the legacy of action games. It did not so good, unfortunately. I mean, I remember ignoring this for a while because the thing is, like, NRK Reigns really flew under my radar. It did. I mean, a I lot of people's radars, dude. I did not realize that this game came out. And the thing is, it wasn't it wasn't an Asia or Japan exclusive, right? It came out everywhere. It came out in Japan first, actually. But what was probably the reason why it didn't get any traction? Oh, because yeah. it came out in, a, in Japan in 2012, middle of 2012. They had mm-hmm. all this time to Sega had all this time to release it before the September rush for any you know cons, uh, video game launch period. They had all this time to do that for the US, but they decided to just save it until January and then they released it from there. By that time, okay. I think the the hype for the game got was a bit. It was too little, too late, lah. Let's just say that. So it came in with zero buzz. Yeah, zero buzz. The thing is, it came out of Japan with quite a good amount of buzz, considering that the mouth. Like when I was actually searching for matches online, I managed to find like a number of matches within a minute or so. So are people still playing? No, they're not. It it was it was an admirable kind of concept. It tried. I actually enjoyed playing the game, but oh my god, the repet the repetition got really 
maddening, especially when you get through to the single player mode. It, 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 I mean, I was. It was like very. It got it got old pretty fast. This was a game that required you to play with friends, and then by the time I'm done the single player, I played with friends. I yeah. and then everyone else just got bored lah. After like a few months or so, I tried to find for people to play with, but yeah, it was just people just just you know like any game that wasn't promoted that well, they just took off, you know. Man, I would say this right, Anarchy Reigns right, I mean I haven't played it personally right, but looking at the gameplay footage in uh, research for this episode, I kind of see what the purpose of this game is. This game is actually a template for probably the third party games that uh, Platinum will be p- putting out. I mean, we'll, I'll mention some of them later, but I will just say this right, when I saw this game and I saw like, I mean like, the thing is I understand why it's so disappointing when you want to compare it to something like Bayonetta or Vanquish. Yep. Or even Mad World that came before it, right? Like, this felt like the shield game. This, I mean, like, this is the only chink in the platinum armor would be Anarchy Reigns. And the fact that it was basically designed to be something that they could, like, slap together quickly and, like, you know, push out. And, like, I mean, even their third-party games, like, I mean, perfect example would be Legend of Korra. When Legend of Korra came out, I mean, like, I thought, like, oh, the platinum brand, you can't do no yep. wrong. That game is actually not that great. It's actually quite boring. You actually have some truth to do, to that what you said. When I was down in E3 in 2012, yeah, when they were promoting Anarchy Reigns in the Sega booth, Asushi Inaba, I saw him, I talked to him a little bit. He just sounded very disinterested in presenting. It could be like the time difference because, you know, Japanese, Japanese guys have to go from Japan to US, you know. They probably got jet lag and all that, but... I thought there was more to to it than that because he just didn't feel like talking about it. He just felt like I just want to get this over with so I can make other shit, you know. So you could, you yeah. actually could feel that from Atsushi Inaba, you know, that the the platinum guy. So when I played the game, I was like, okay, maybe there's something good to be had here. Granted, I had fun playing multiplayer. I had fun playing the soccer game version of the mini game inside. It's basically soccer, but mm-hmm. with people ripping their heads off and shit. I picked the single player, was was got interested and then got bored halfway through, and then turns out, yeah, this may not be Platinum's best. Unfortunately, I like the soundtrack though, props to the soundtrack, but everything else could have been done better. I mean, I probably don't. Ev- I don't think I'll ever take the time or the effort to go and look for this game anymore because, like, nah, from what I see, don't. this looks very. This looks like something... I mean, I kind of understand why. I mean, like, they are a Japanese company in the sense that they have to be consistent with the... Uh, the not the quality, but the, the quantity of their output. Yeah, they yeah. need to just push something Super out. Super high more. standards, you know. Yeah. And then, like, I realized that there's a certain pattern here where they'll release one okay game, then they'll release an amazing game, then be an, and then the next one, you, you look at it like, okay, this is probably not going to be as great. Yeah. I mean, I would say, I mean, like... Uh, Anarchy Reigns probably has its place, you know, I mean, it's, I would say it's more like a curio, like an oddity that you should just check out and see, right? If, if you can get it as a bargain, I would still recommend it. Like, if you get it for five bucks, please do. It's, it's actually an alright game, like, if you're, if you're with the right people to play with, you know, like a party game. I mean, if there's still a multiplayer server. I don't think so, but yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish I was split screen for these kind of games, like this thing, so... You know, like local multiplayer. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah, Dude, yeah. Anarchy yeah, Reigns should numbers. have... That's the thing that should have been packed onto the game. Local co-op or local multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of companies don't do that because then like you're selling one copy to people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Even Gears of War had that. Every single Gears of War had like a split-screen shit going on. And oh, man. Anarchy Reigns needed that. I mean, it's such a shame, dude, because it was a pretty okay concept, but 
at the end of the day, if you funnel it like that, if you make it like that, it's just gonna turn out not the way you want it, and that's not good. Well, but then amidst the disappointment of Anarchy Reigns, what came next? Yep. I think it's time for Jack to let her rip! Fuck me. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> oh god damn, it's like, the thing is like, when we played like Bayonetta and we thought, okay, this is nuts. Then Vanquish came out, okay, this is super nuts. And then came the announcement. And, and I think, where were you when they announced that? Like, was it on E3? Platinum Games is gonna make a Metal Gear spin. Oh, dude, dude. Starring Raiden. Yeah, yeah, dude, we gotta preface <laughs> this. There was a time okay. when at Xbox, they actually had a, a Microsoft press conference thing. They were showing off a new Konami Metal Gear game. You know what, yep. right? They showed they showcased Raiden coming out, taking out a sword, killing one of those uh, gorilla dudes. And then... <laughs> It's like a Microsoft exclusive experience apparently. And then we never heard about that game ever again. Because people thought it was gonna be a Kinect slicing game. And after that, after a year or so passed, then came this Konami announcement. Platinum games, you saw some action here and there, saw the slicing thing happening, saw those enemies, and then you got the release date. And holy shit, that was when our minds were blown like holy crap Platinum Games is doing Dude, a trailer? Metal Gear game holy shit that trailer when they showed off the slice physics is <laughs> like and then like and I think around that time it's like this is way after uh, Guns of the Patriots right this is after 4 after 4 way after and 4 this is way after 4 and it's like oh hey there's another Metal Gear game but it's not done by Kojima it's done by Platinum yep. <laughs> and then the thing is like like I didn't play Anarchy Reigns for it to leave a bad taste in my mouth. But, so the thing is, my only uh, understanding of like Platinum Games was like, oh, the, the guys who did Vanquish and Beta are making a Metal Gear game? It's like, are they doing stealth? And they're like, nope. <laughs> well, you can, <laughs> you can sort of, but that's the, that defeats the purpose of the we're game. We're going to use the Metal Gear universe, and we're going to use, we're going to do our, our, our branded batshit insane <laughs> action. And you know what? And it's like, Kojima was good at this. He was actually overseeing the he entire project. Really. Yeah. He was like, he was you like, know yeah, what? Do your thing. Just make sure that, you know, Raiden is, you know, supposed to be like this and all that. I have a funny feeling it was basically like, you know how he was trying so hard to push Raiden as a character yep. in Metal Gear Solid 2? It's like, and nobody liked yep. it at all. And then it's like, okay, fine. He's now a, a ninja robot in 4. Isn't he cool now? Yeah. And then everybody was like, yeah, he's kind of cool. It's like, so, and then I remember, I was like thinking, people are actually responding well to Raiden now. <laughs> like, we should make him playable. And it's like, Kojima's like, yeah, but who... Who should I ask? <laughs> Someone who can make like, action games. Yeah, I wonder who. <laughs> who. Who would be the best people to ask to make a game based around Raiden? Oh, hey, Kamiya. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was another guy, uh, one of uh, Hideki Kamiya's uh, protégés, or someone who came into Platinum like during that time. It was a different director, but it was right, he yeah. was he was together alongside the Bayonetta project. That's for sure. I mean, like, in my head, I was, like, thinking, the guys who made Vanquish in Bayonetta are making a Metal Gear yeah. starring Raiden. And then, remember the trailer where it's just Raiden slicing out a watermelon? Yep, yep, that was the, that was the <laughs> Xbox trailer I was talking about. Holy shit. And then I was, like, yeah, I, I was, like, thinking, like, huh. <laughs> yeah, you, you, can, you can do that in the game. It's just that it's, a you know, it's, it's an easy egg you find in the middle of the first stage. Dude, I had... My table flipped over five times from the harder I got when I saw the gameplay footage of the first boss. It's like, okay, here we have Raiden fighting an actual Metal Gear by himself, and then they were showing off like his combos, and then like how you, you could like uh you enter what do you call it? the the bullet time style? What's it called? Uh, Zandatsu, Zandatsu. 
Ah, uh, when you enter Zelda Bazoo, you just start slicing yeah. things like pieces of the Metal Gear, and I was like, this game, get th this is what I've always wanted. This game knows how I feel right <laughs> yeah. now, and it's got a pretty batshit insane this, story. This with is exactly like, what I want to do in a video game right now, <laughs> dude, dude. You gotta talk about the bosses, yo. Oh my god, you get to fight like a samurai, robot samurai. A rope Sundowner, yeah, right? Yeah, sun no, no, Sundowner is the guy with the big ass sword. You got the fight against Mistra. Everyone's all named after different kinds of winds in the, in the in in the world, you know. Look, even the random robot cat with the ads was yep, fun. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the the what's that? The, the cat with the chainsaw for a tail. Holy shit, that was that was so cool. Wolf, wolf. Was it a cat? No, no, yeah. it was a wolf. A wolf. Thingy. Was it, a wolf? it was a wolf. It was a wolf. I it was like a jaguar. It or was something. called wolf. Yeah, bait wolf or something. Yeah. Dude, hands down, my favorite boss fight, Monsoon. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That guy was such an asshole. <laughs> he like, starts throwing, like, like, cars at you and shit, and then he forms and a his, statue. His, his, his lunging kick attack that, like, combos four yeah. times and just takes out half your life. He's like, fuck this and guy! you can't slash him at all because he breaks away in parts. You gotta hit him at a certain time and all that. It was so... You know, but it was so satisfying yeah. when you beat yeah, him. Just like, push dude, him you know, like, when he throws the top, like, he throws, like, that... Pyramid or not, not that prism thing at yeah, you, yeah. and you run up the thing, and then you slice him up. It's like, you fuck you, monster! <laughs> God damn it! Yeah. Like, like it's like, and he's like, ah, oh. I mean, like, and the way he taunts you, especially. I kind of like, like, I kind of oh. like the sound sundowner fight before I figured out the cheat for it. Actually, you just what was the that? cheat was basically like you just have to have that back move where you do the backslash. That's the only. That's the that's the cheap way to beat him. The original way to beat him was to basically slash his shield in the correct way because. Again, you have to make your slashes correct, you know, because that's how you yeah. get it all correct. If you don't slash them correctly, the shield will explode in your face, and you gotta cut the, you gotta cut it, and then he retracts, and then he gets cut off, cut off the shields. It's one of one of all the six legs, and then when the six legs, when the six legs come off, you have to fight him <laughs> in his like ultra scissors mode, and that's batshit hard because he's super fast. Man, fuck, like when I. I'm I'm still speechless and like this game exists. Yeah, yeah. And then you have to fight uh what's that uh what's his name? Jetstream. Ah uh, Sam. You have to fight Sam, who basically no. is like a it's like those fights you know in, in Bayonetta where you're fighting against John and in Devil May Cry 3 where you're fighting against Virgil. It's like the reaction fight. You gotta fight him depending on what he does, you know. There's but no he, pattern. He, he, you have to be it, you have to react. It's the classic video game mirror fight, like ooh, can you like, can you defeat yourself? Yeah, in a way, in a way, yeah. <laughs> but it was done really cool, like, you were in a plain field, and he's, like, a very honorable kind of guy. Like, you kick his sword away, he'll just kick your ass, even with his hands, and then you do a move, and then he'll suddenly, oh, I'll just pick up my sword, <laughs> and all that. Just so, it was so polite, yet also very frenetic, fighting this guy. Uh, I mean, I would say also the, that the success of this game was the fact that everybody was talking about that, uh, that cutscene from, uh, like, you know, Metal Gear 4, where... Like Raiden fights against vampire, and then like, well, look at how badass Raiden is exactly, now. Yeah. Man, if if only we could play him like that, you know. Yeah. And like, okay, there you go. <laughs> and and for those Metal Gear fans who want their cutscenes, oh dude, the fight before the last boss, <laughs> the before the last boss fight, that speech from the senator. Oh my god! I mean, you fought the senator in the giant Metal Gear, and then after that, when when I saw him like doing that sumo thing, it's like. Oh my god, this is gonna be Metal Gear all the way. And I mean, true enough, it's like the best scene ever. It's like the best moment of 2013. That scene. With I the mean, speech I would, and everything. I would say this. <laughs> like, Vanquish. Okay, I mean, 
I love this game. I love this game a lot. I played it to death. I'm I'm still pissed at Konami for not making it available in our region, man. Yeah, but in my region, I don't. I don't know. I think it's available in. Uh, Malaysia, I don't right? think so. I, I, I don't think so. If you want, if you, like, if you want a Metal Gear game, you're gonna have to get a console. You gotta get the consoles for it. Unfortunately. No, but I wanna play on PC, yo. Uh, with a with with a machine that can actually handle it. Because like when I played on PS3, like there was a lot of frame rate issues. I I I I kind of had to encounter. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you know, I mean, it didn't spoil the fun too much because I, I, I mean, it's the limitations of the of the hardware. But at the same time, it's like yeah, I want to play this. Yeah, what, what's your favorite moment of Metal Gear? Was it the last fight, or were there any other fights before that? Dude, Monsoon, yo, I was so pissed off, you know, like, and the thing is, like, you're talking to a guy who beat Ninja Gaiden on Master Ninja, <laughs> and like, I can't beat this guy, yeah. and he's like, you know, taunting me, and I was like, no, 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 it's like it's when I knuckled down, I'm like, okay, you know what, fuck you. I'm gonna figure it out tonight. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, I still like the last fight a lot more because, again, this is all the culmination of the shit you've learned from the game itself, right down to just I being patient so. and looking for weak spots. Because I just died a shitload of times because those bits where where he actually throws the wreckage of the Metal Gear at you, I could mm. never go. I have to play like five, six times until I got it right because that's the only way you could heal yourself without, you know. Getting I mean, like, and stuff. To me, the final fight is a little bit disappointing because it's more uh, pattern and memory based, whereas the rest is all like it's literally a one-on-one ninja kind of fight. I mean, there, I, I would also say like there was a pattern, but there was just some patterns where like okay, you gotta memorize how to slash the the wreckage coming at you. You gotta remember when he's actually gonna be charging at you and stuff. So, but I it's mean, like, epic, I, love me, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed the big fights. Like, I mean, like the most memorable is still the first fight where you're like, "Oh hey, oh, yeah. here's your first boss, an actual Metal Gear, <laughs> yeah. go." <laughs> I was like, "What?" Yeah, that that okay. That and one, then, like, that one you cannot. When you deny. discovered that you had to parry his stomp yes. move to activate your Zantatsu, you had like, to parry then, his 20, 30 feet arm. <laughs> that was so cool. No, you okay. It, no, the trick is you need to ninja run all the way to the side because yeah. the thing is the animation doesn't reach to the side of the building. Yeah. So it's like I figured that out. The hard way, like oh, you don't go at him. You just like you have to zigzag proper. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I would say like, and then like in stage two, remember that Metal Gear you fought? Yeah. Here he is yep, again. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> and now you're fighting him up close on a building yep, yep. with less space for you to run around in. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> that was Thanks. fun, man. I mean, and then the, when the music yeah, kicks in when you're actually parrying his goddamn arm, <laughs> holy shit! I like I like the musical cues of this game. Totally, it totally Dude, fits. As a metal fan, yeah, this 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 game caters to my balls. Like, really. <laughs> If your balls are near, yeah, I got actually rock I got out to it. so hyped playing this game, you know, and the music adds to the to, to, I mean, thank you Platinum for finally justifying Raiden. I mean, I kept saying that you know Metal Gear Solid 2 is to me the best Metal Gear of I mean the best Solid game, right? And like, yeah, I understand that Raiden is not as cool or as like uh, legacy as Snake, but, but he is now. Yo, <laughs> Fuck! Look at him now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have, you you want to play as an old guy dying of cancer, you know, from having too much cigarettes, or this robot ninja. Yeah. I think my Come I on. think my favorite line from him is uh, before the final fight. Um, I I, I was came, talking to the Mexican kid. Uh, no, no, the final fight. <laughs> he said something about like this is my sword. I'll play the I'll play the sound clip right now. I said my sword was a tool of justice, not used in anger. Not used for vengeance, but now, now I'm not so sure. And besides, this isn't my sword. I mean, it is so beautifully corny. Yeah. <laughs> I would just say that. No, it's it's this this. I mean, like to me, 
after Bayonetta, after Vanquish, I didn't think Platinum could top themselves, but fuck, they did. And they did it with somebody else's uh, IP. That this is how you do a Metal Gear spin-off, guys. The best Metal Gear spin-off. Dude, I, I, I have easily. Rules of Nature as my ringtone on my iPhone back in the day. <laughs> that was how influential this game was in 2013. I mean, god damn it. I... I have to figure. I mean, like this game is forcing me to pirate it. I I can't find any other way to play this on PC. I mean, yeah, I can play it on PS3, but come on, man, come on. The definitive version is the PC version, and it's like, why is it not available in Asia? I'm not blaming Steam. It's literally Konami. It's just like not me. I mean, do you remember the hype that when it was announced when it was announced that it was coming on PC? Yeah, and yeah. There was this there was. huge Kotaku article where like Metal Gear's Solid Revenge, uh, Metal Gear Revengeance will be the very first Steam game that is not tradable across international... Uh, you, you can't trade it to people in other countries. Yeah, that's bullshit, honestly. I remembered that and I was like thinking, fuck, fuck, no. And it's like, there's like there was, this was like a time when like, even the GTA games were like kind of like, you know, banned in Singapore and you allowed to, allowed to get them on Steam. I got them through my, through, my, through my friends in the US. Like, they would give me copies yeah, of yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's great marketing and all that. That worked out pretty well. I mean, like, through that. And then, like, the fact that Steam is now region locked and, like, I mean, it's just one giant DRM. I mean, let's be honest about it. That's what it, it is. is. It I is. Mean, it's a, it's it's a great way to archive and to like kind of like have your collection somewhere safe, but at the same time, you know, like the way the the industry and the markets are going. Yeah, I think this is. And when I s- yeah, I know what you mean, but this is probably another mm-hmm. talk for another time. We should probably la, but I mean like yeah, we'll I mean, we'll, we'll get to the license. We should get to the license stuff right now. So after that rise comes that slightly comes dip. Like, well, not fall out, more like a dip in quality. The dips. Yep. And we want to talk about your favorite game, Legend of Korra. Oh fuck this game. <laughs> Great okay, IP, is, not right, so good game. It's exactly what I thought Ender Curious would be. Like when I saw the uh, the video for Another Curious, and I was like looking at it, like in research for this uh, episode, I was like thinking to myself, this reminds me of Legend of Korra. It's a very simplified button masher. The stages and the enemies just seem very repetitive. The bosses just seem very repetitive, and then like I mean. I played Legend of Korra, being a fan of like Avatar and like the Korra uh, shows. Yep, yep. And then like thinking to myself, oh, hey, Platinum, they're making a, a game based on like probably one of the most badass uh, girls yeah, out there. Yeah, I was also hyped for this too. And yeah. And then I played <laughs> yep. it and I was like, oh, is this one of those Platinum, we need to just shit something out. Yeah. And yeah, we need the money, it's, it's a third party <laughs> license game. Uh, I mean like, the thing is, it's very hit and miss when it comes to the third party games. I mean like Legend of Korra, I would say like if it's if it's baby's first platinum game like if you want to introduce this to a younger person you know like with the anime style and like the very easy combos and like the very repetitive gameplay right and like okay you, you can pass this to something like okay before you go to Bayonetta or Vanquish or Revengeance maybe you should try this first if you, see if you can handle it's this it's like the patronizing title for people <laughs> ah you know it's, like, yeah, it's literally baby's first Bayonetta like okay try this you can handle this too easy? Okay, now, now you can play Bayonetta. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, like, for guys like us who are like, you know, we are like, you know, like, s- like chugging down like Bayonetta and Vanquish and like Revengers, like thinking, okay, what's the next thing? And it's like, ah, alright. I mean, like, even the game, I mean, even like Transformers Devastation, as fun as oh, it is. Oh, it is fun, dude. Okay. It, as fun as it is, you fight Devastator way too many times. You fought him? <laughs> so it's like, okay, once. Twice. And then you fought him three with Menasaur. Yeah, three times together with Menasaur. You fight him three times. And then it's like, the thing is, in between that, it's just like you running around the city, 
in your fighting all the different robots. Dude, I had fun with the game because I again I'm more of a Transformers nut, so kind of like that. I love the fact that they use the G1 designs. Yeah. Uh, definitely, and the OG. Dude, you play as like, Grimlock. He's a completely different character compared to like Sideswipe and Optimus Prime. They all play differently, to be honest, despite having certain similarities and everything. Yeah, but but the thing is, also again, like as a platinum game it's like you guys are kind of tarnishing your own brand by like shitting out stuff like uh, this not so much a Transformers mm. yes to Legend of Korra Transformers I, that was I, I, done right. I would say was yeah, done right. Transformers was a lot more fun for me and uh, the thing is being a, uh, being a child of the 80s I appreciate playing a Transformers yeah. game where Optimus Prime looks like yeah, Optimus yeah. Prime that I remember yeah, yeah. and Vince DiCola did the soundtrack together with a bunch of other guys Yo, yeah. <laughs> that's why it sounds so cool alright with the with the cheesy surf guitar rock thing going on. Cheesy metal, you know? It's so cool. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about with Transformers? Not really. I mean, like, the thing is, right, the licensed games, the spin-offs. I mean, they, they also did Ninja Turtles, right? Yeah, also- the less said about it, the better. That was that exactly. was repetition to it in a nutshell. Shell. So, I mean, I think <laughs> this should kind of inform the audience. Like, you know, if you want to play a Platinum game, okay... Try to avoid the the third part, the license style games. Yeah. I mean, the only license game you should play is Revengeance yeah. and Devastation Transformers. And I mean, out of all those, uh, out of all the, I mean, I will say this is the the the, the B category of like uh, platinum games. But like, okay, you can skip Legend of Korra, skip Ninja Turtles, Transformers. If especially if you're a, like an old school Transformers fan, yeah, it'll definitely cater to your nostalgia. Oh, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I also have to like kind of warn you. Like it might, it gets repetitive very quickly. Uh, it's not as bad as the other games, though. So I mean, it's not as bad as the other games, but like, yeah. I mean, compared to the to to, to the triple A stuff that they've also pushed out. I mean, I mean, y- you should kind of guess. Like when you look at like the trailer, like oh okay, what kind of game you're gonna mm-hmm. get? Mm-hmm. Now, okay, I think like you know, let's not shit on this too yep. much okay I so remember the time okay i want to bring up that time when nintendo had a thing with platinum they had a deal to actually have certain games go exclusively on the wii u so mm-hmm. one of them is actually one of my favorite wii u games well actually one on the two <laughs> um it's called wonderful 101 you've seen it right it's basically i've seen it Beautiful Joe's Sentai concept times a hundred. You're dealing with an army of Beautiful Joe's and stuff. So you control like a flash mob bunch of characters and your levels are like the camera angle itself is like in the three-quarter kind of view, kinda of like those old three-quarter RPGs back in the day. Those isometric The views, isometric yeah. view. And you're doing doing this with like a mob of superheroes. So people <laughs> now, people thought that oh games like Bayonetta on easy mode or Legend of Korra is too easy. This is the other, the Wonderful 101 is the other end of the platinum spectrum where the game kind of needs to explain itself quite a lot because the only way I figured out how to play to master most of the mechanics was looking at a YouTube video. Not really? the game itself. The game teaches you some things but beyond that like okay oh you can actually do certain cancels and here and that you can actually dodge think of your character think of your whole mob as a character as one character not so much a multitude but at the same time you need to actually keep them all together per se all these mechanics they're not explained very well which is why a lot of journalists kind of gave the game an okay score and all that because they didn't know how to enjoy it i mean it's probably the same thing that happened with Vitable Joe and actually, it, the actually where... it's a it's the god hand syndrome as well as well i feel but yeah i, I felt so. that they were a bit more fair the game this time around because the game 
while God Hand did explain the soul quite a bit more, Wonderful 101 did not, like especially halfway through. Mm. But at the same time, holy crap, this is such a good game. Like a little bit of story, but a lot of action fights here and there. You have to fight like giant robot turtles, you have to fight giant magma creatures, you have to fight I think a dragon? I, I, at least I think it's a dragon. I'm not sure, dude. And then they're like robot panthers. Remember those enemies in Bayonetta, the Grace and Glory? The ones who are super fast, but they hit you really hard? No, I remember. Yeah, yeah. They look like birds. The panthers are like the equivalent of that in Wonderful 101. They're fucking <laughs> fast. But you need to actually use a specific Wonderful 101 team weapon to destroy them. Because in Wonderful 101, you get to switch like to be a... F- hand mode or you get to be sword mode or you get to be gun mode or bomb mode you have to actually switch between all these modes so that you can actually basically you're switching weapons as a group so that's the thing about Wonderful 101 it's a great action game the problem is it's just communicating itself was the toughest part because again its mechanics are just so unique it's so out of this world even for an action game fan like me that even I'm having trouble explaining to you what it is, how to actually play the nuances and everything here and there. Hell, I would you say, I mean, does it have a very steep learning curve? Yes, it does. Um, it took me a while to get to the mechanics. I finished the game, and even game. then, I'm still not so sure about some of his mechanics later in the game. But it's such an epic ending because, again, you're t- you're talking about scale, like the graphics and everything. You know, like you're dealing with like mini heroes with the bridge, and especially like the fact that they're actually using the depth filtered people used to actually take pictures of their hobbies you know where like mm-hmm. the, the the models are focused and then everything else is like soft filtered and all that that technique oh, yeah, the miniature mode yeah the yeah. miniature mode they do it really well in wonderful 101 dude it's so beautiful mm-hmm. to look at and the fights everything is all very good like the boss fights the giant monster fights everything it's really good it's just yeah some things can be explained much better and you know like certain games they actually are they force you to do to this whole specific control thing like remember when uh, the PS3 came out the first time people had to use the motion control the 6x6 the 6x6 bullshit Wonderful 101 did that those levels are the worst things I've gone through in my life (laughs) you actually have to use the Wii Wii uh, U tablet to actually look at the screen you cannot look at your big screen because everything's happening in this one room moving Mm. it around all that especially if you don't uh, calibrate your Wii sensor all that all that well it's a fucking hassle dude so it got a bit janky yeah yeah, yeah. so apart from those bits it's a fun game but oh, those bits they're just so annoying so whenever when I finish a game when I want to show my friends the cool parts of Wonderful 101 I show them everything else except those levels I mean so like I mean not a not a flawless game but definitely worthy of its merit I it's guess. worthy of the Hideki Kamiya slash platinum title could use mm. a bit more cleaning up but I wouldn't I wouldn't trade my memories and my experience with the game for anything else. It's like I mean, platinum games at its roughest and finest, if I want to put it correctly, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say this like the Wii U is in trouble already. I mean, the Switch is already on its way. yeah, but you can get yeah, it on cheap, like, so that's good. And but the best thing is right for all of you who are still considering whether you should get the discounted Wii over at your your department store. I would say Wonderful 101. I mean, would you say Wonderful? I mean, I'm, I totally missed out on yes, the Wii U. Yes, I mean, yes. I will, I will tell I'm, you, if you get a discounted Wii U right now, get the Wonderful 101, get Bayonetta 2, which we'll talk about later. And oh, actually, yeah. there's a bunch of other games. But for this Platinum episode, Wonderful 101, yes, get it. You have to play this game to see the creative peak of Platinum games. 
but at the same time you can see the overabundance of platinum's creativity some chinks in the armor maybe more like if you, it's a high concept that he had to get by playing the game and dying a shitload times <laughs> i can tell you this game is difficult as fuck definitely you will enjoy so it you will enjoy it games that should be difficult as fuck. I think we should finish off this entire episode with definitely the game that is quite polarizing and is the, the fact that it's a Wii U HD Wait, Bayonetta 2? Really? It, it was pretty tough in a sense. Now, I, w- I would say this, like, I mean, it was very famous for when it came out that people were telling that it had a, it had a baby mode where you just could just mash a button and they could Dude, the, the first combos. Bayonetta had that. It was called easy mode. That was your baby mode. It's just that I think they're doing a marketing spin on it because you're touching I mean, the touchpad to actually get combos out. But, dude, the game is uh, still as challenging as it was. It- so, I mean, like, Bayonetta 2, like, probably the last thing to come out from Platinum on the Wii U. Oh, it came out before or after Wonderful 101? Uh, after Wonderful 101. It was a year later. So this is like probably like Platinum's last foray into the Wii U. Yes. Like Bayonetta 2, I would say, I mean, the thing is, sadly, I played a little bit of it and I think it's, a, I mean, it's just as good as the first yeah, game. Bayonetta 2 is the not only, a baby mode game. It's just as tough as it's the first game. But the main problem is it's on the Wii U. <laughs> yeah, you gotta buy the console, yada yada, all that. I know, I know. It's 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 part of it's part of that whole closed ecosystem, like I mean like I'm pretty sure somewhere down the line they might kind of push this on PS4 I hope or so. Xbox. Yeah. Like I hope for there to be like a Bayonetta or I know you know what the dream is? The dream would be the Platinum Games box set where everything comes out on all the systems on PS4, Xbox okay. One and PC. Like from Vanquish all the way down to Bayonetta 2. Like, oh finally! Yeah. Everybody can play these games. We're not just exclusive to certain machines anymore. And then now they went exclusive for just some of their titles for the key IPs. No, I mean, like, the thing is, you want to gush a bit about Bayonetta 2? I haven't had the chance to play okay. this at all. Without spoiling anything, I will say the highlights of Bayonetta 2. You get a you, you get a bow made out of insects. You have a demon unicorn. You have a demon <laughs> frog. Um, you have... I'm sold already. You have, okay, you have a Star Fox moment. <laughs> that's not all. Oh, that was an all. afterburner moment in De- Bayonetta yeah, 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is a star. There's a Star Fox moment somewhere in there. I'm not gonna say oh, so when there's and a where. Lot of, so there's like those references are still in there. Not just that. It's beyond a reference. Man. And mechas. Have I sold you on the game yet, mechas? You know what? I'm gonna go and look for a discount view <laughs> and get myself one for Dude, Bayonetta two. Two games in the other I think Wii U. I, I went to myself to play Bayonetta 2 since I'm That's such a all I'm gonna say. One. Oh okay, I can probably say is it okay if I talk a little bit of the weapons without going on spoiler territory? Okay, weapons. Okay. You have okay, you know like how you got the ice skates in Bayonetta 1? You yeah. have chainsaw skates in Bayonetta 2. Ooh. Yeah. Chainsaw <laughs> skates and chainsaw armaments. It's so fucking cool, dude. <laughs> and probably okay. a broken weapon too, uh, arguably. But yeah, it's so good. And what else? Oh, you have a you have a Grim Reaper scythe, which acts scythe. as a shotgun. Scythe as that acts as a shotgun if you hold down the button. Okay. Yeah, that that's actually my go-to weapon for the game. Is that and the chainsaws? Mm. 
Holy shit, it's so beautiful. But, I mean, it, it wasn't like scaled down for Wii U. I mean, in the sense where like, they didn't dumb it down or they didn't... Oh, they did it, not like, dumb it down. In fact... It's exactly what a Bayonetta sequel should yeah, be. Yeah, like. yeah. In fact, the Nintendo thing they did was basically Bayonetta can have a Princess Peach costume, a Star Fox <laughs> costume, and a Le- uh, Link costume. Man, you know what? How would be awesome if you could have her in a Samus costume. Oh, know, she like, has the, a Samus costume, I think. I think. Oh, she does? Don't, don't oh, quote me on that. I think she has the Samus costume. And they all have the uh, different power-ups as well. Mm. Yeah, that's so awesome. And and that's not all. You actually have another weapon just for the Wii U version. A Chain Chomp. As a weapon. What? A Chain Chomp. You know those little black mallet ball things you... That. With the chain from Mario, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. that's a weapon about. in Bayonetta too, <laughs> and it actually has the same sound effects from the Super Nintendo game. You know, whenever it attacks anyone, you use it on your okay. leg. But yeah, it's a leg weapon. But it's so cool when you use it, dude. Okay, I am definitely gonna pick myself yeah, up a yeah. copy of dude, this. Dude, get this game. I mean, I think yeah. So I mean, we've come to almost all the output from Platinum Games. Is there anything else we missed out? I don't. I think don't so, think right? so. Um, I've mentioned my. I mentioned that Bayonetta too. Just as awesome or even better than the Bayonetta one, dude. I mean, I'm sorry I can't say too much yeah. about it, but definitely. I mean, you know, you know me, so I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But okay, maybe a little bit about what's coming up for Platinum. Now, Scalebound, as we mentioned very early in the episode, has been cancelled officially. Yeah. Well, there so is near Automata for PS4 and I'm PC. I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and PC yeah, as PC. well, dude. Thank you. PC, yes. But I think maybe I'll give you a bit of a spotlight again and maybe you want to talk about this game that's coming out next year, Grand Blue Fantasy. Oh, that. <laughs> um, okay. This, okay for people, Being the for, official anime guy okay, of okay. asking for, for Weebles and people who play mobile games outside who are listening to this, <laughs> Grand Blue Fantasy is a really, really lucratively popular card slash mobile RPG game, which for the life of me, I don't know why the fuck people find this game fun. <laughs> The art is fine, don't get me wrong, and the music's good, but the actual game, it just feels... <laughs> How's the jiggle physics? <laughs> Dude, there's like, people, you have characters who look like tarts, yes, like knights and shit. Okay. It's just... Ugh. I don't know lah, it's... If you played Brave Frontier, if you played like all those um, Puzzles and Dragons games, you know what to expect from Grand Blue Fantasy. Now, I think this is... now Platinum Games is doing a port of this game. Now, if they have the port as an action game, I don't know how, if they did it like that, I'll be okay with it. But when I see when I hear the word port, it's like oh, it's gonna be the exact same fucking mobile game except on the console, because I think Sony wants a bit of that Grand Blue Fantasy money. When they actually mm. had their show, when um the company who made the game, uh, the name escapes me, when they had oh Psy Games, Psy, Psy Games, Psy Games, right? Yeah, yeah. They when they had their booth at TGS a few years ago, they had a motherfucking blimp that outshined every other company's showcase and everything all even like it's that mobile money yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they they have a booth that outshines even playstation's booth as well that's that's a testament and a sickening realization that mobile games as much as you hate them they're doing mad mad gang money mad gang bucks in japan i mean like you can only just let's just look at fucking nintendo they finally put mario on a mobile game yeah and they're putting fire emblem on the mobile which we're probably playing right now as you speak I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm playing it right now yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, Fire Emblem, yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll probably talk no, about that in the future. Because, you know, these mobile games, like, when they come out, it's basically half a game. And then when they have more and more updates coming in, that's when you can sort of judge it for its merit. I mean, like, for the upcoming Platinum games, like, 
the thing is i love what they've done so far i mean they're 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 hit and miss i mean no company is super fun. yeah no company is perfect dude i mean like even even rockstar released bully i mean it's, a good <laughs> it's not gta yeah. <laughs> it's not red dead redemption yeah. i mean but i'll even say this like um i'm guessing near would be the game that blows me away. I hope hopefully. so. I I swear to God. And Grand Blue Fantasy so. should be the Legend of Korra for this console generation that I should ignore. Uh, <laughs> Grand Blue Fantasy will be the game everyone will ignore, but people in Japan are gonna buy it. Or Platinum it Games could be like, or it could be like Metal Gear Revengeance and like, oh, how's Platinum Game gonna do a Metal Gear game? Oh fuck! Yeah. They actually know what they're doing. <laughs> now, if they actually did an action game on the Grand Blue Fantasy IP, that I can abide to if they make a completely new game out of it but it's a port so japan will only care about it so uh i I would say this like we don't speculate too much on it because not enough information has been released for us to actually make any real assumptions at what these games are going to be but the thing is based on their track record and the fact that platinum games rarely disappoint i mean they do but at the same time like when they knock it out of the park it fucking it's a home run all the way to the other end of the world from the planet from planet to planet they really hit it out just like god hand they'll knock you into the stratosphere but i would say this like you know like the dream is get get these games re-released somehow a new the new generation of gamers are coming up now and the thing is especially in this console era right don't just do the remaster Put it on PC. Put it in other platforms. Share the love. Available Share the love. Come on, man. You guys are... Uh, but I would say this, like... Um, not to end on a downer, but at the same time, I would say, like, thank you, Platinum Games. Thank you for existing and just being the Japanese company that, you know, every once in a while, like, proves that imagination is still strong. Creativity is still inherent in, like, Jap- J- Japanese developers. And... Just, just make more just make a god hand sequel. yeah yeah all I ask is like um, in the words of the ever wise Morty get your shit together put it all in a bag and get your shit together now I would say this like you know Platinum Games thanks for still being around please make more games you know Last King loves you guys you as know? we all yeah, do you, we do you're allowed to make mistakes once in a while but I mean the thing is Skillbound has been cancelled we're a little bit worried uh I'm pretty sure they'll come up with something amazing. I mean, Nier looks very, very, like, you know, I'm, I'm very hopeful about it. Yeah, same here, same here. Uh, it's coming out in March, if I recall, so yeah. We'll probably we review it. Yes. We'll definitely have to review it, uh, based on the fact that, like, okay, Platinum, we love you. Okay, give us a game. <laughs> <laughs> give us something. Get that magic again, you know? I'm, I'm, in the meantime, I'm just gonna go put up the Wii U, play a bit of Bayonetta 2 just for fun, shits and giggles, and... Probably a bit of wonderful 101 too. Um, I will probably find myself a pirate copy of Metal Gear Revengeance and play on my PC. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, this is this is Toffee signing out. And this is your other co-host, uh, Shafiq, signing out. Okay, I'm dropping the doctor. But remember, follow us on the Facebooks, on the Twitters, you know, at Last King Podcast. Also, subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes, okay? We are Asia's premier geek pop culture film video game podcast okay listen to us we know what we're talking about of platinum quality of platinum quality <laughs> going platinum i got the platinum trophy okay. awesome okay awesome. so thanks for listening guys and peace see ya Until tomorrow is
next week on The Last King, we talk games and the Nintendo Switch. Will Gravity Rush 2 fall flat on its face? Is Final Fantasy XV as final as it gets? Or is it the fantasy of the nightmare kind? Will it be lights out for Nintendo with the Switch? Tune in next time on The Last King Podcast. Same time, same king channel.